This podcast is brought to you by Lauren Zander, the author of a new book entitled Maybe It's You. Cut the crap, face your fears, and love your life. Please listen to podcast number 665 with our author, Lauren Zander. If for any reason you feel like you need a kick in the butt and want to get real with yourself about what is keeping you from getting what you want out of your life, then you are going to want to listen to this no-holds-barred interview. She is lively, real, and knows what it takes to break through your self-imposed barriers and the mind games we all play with ourselves that keeps us from attracting the wealth, relationships, and happiness we're all looking for in life. Let Lauren be your guide as we discuss the revealing content in her book, Maybe It's You. Please listen to podcast number 665 with author, coach, and consultant Lauren Handel Zander. If you want to learn more about Lauren's company, Handel Group, please go to www handlegroup.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Glenn, as I do every time I do one of these podcasts and I'm working on almost 670 podcasts now and doing this over 12 years, I thank all the listeners from around the world uh, that tune into these podcasts uh, to learn the words of wisdom uh, from our authors and today, and I don't want to mess up your last name because it is Yopis, right? That's how you say it, last name? That's exactly right, Yopis. Okay, so I am on with Glenn Yopis. Glenn and I met up at uh, uh, Chapman College eight years ago uh, at a leadership conference that a good friend of mine was at and invited me to. And I've been following Glenn for some time, and his new book is called The Innovation Mentality, Six Strategies to Disrupt the Status Quo and reinvent the way we work. And Glenn, if you don't mind, I'm going to just take a couple of seconds here. Uh, Glenn is the chairman of, of Glenn Yopi's group, a nationally recognized thought leadership, human capital, and business strategy consulting firm. As a senior advisor and speaker of Fortune 500 companies and beyond, Glenn is known as the opportunity expert for the ability to identify and solve for opportunity gaps that others don't see. He then guides leaders at those organizations to embrace a new type of thinking that helps them evolve and stay ahead of the rapid change in the workplace and the marketplace to drive growth. Uh, he's the best-selling author of another book called Earning Serendipity and contributing writer to Entrepreneur.com, Forbes, Huffington Post, and the Harvard Business Review. He has been recognized as a top 20 influential writer at Forbes and a top 100 leadership speaker and business thinker in Inc. Magazine. Uh, he also had a, a co-writer on this book, Jump Eber, and we won't leave him out because he is getting credit as well. Glenn, you know, this book impressed me considerably. And as I went through your website and I looked at your videos and I looked at your video about the book, and then I went through the book, um, you reveal... And what you refer to as an alarming leadership identity crisis that's developed in industries nationwide. What in your estimation is the fallout from the leadership crisis that you discuss in the book? The lack of organic innovation and growth. And we've seen that to be true. And by the way, I'm delighted to be on your podcast, Greg, and thank you for the great work that you do. I know that you have 
tremendous influence and uh, you've inspired people around the world with uh, the content that you share and reveal to others. So thank you for that. Um, but look, the, the leadership identity crisis that's taking place uh, is limiting organizations to drive growth and be more innovative. What does that mean? Let me make this really simple. If you were being told what to do inside the box you were given, are you thinking, growing, and evolving, or are you just executing? Yes, it's the latter. You're executing. And we have created these execution-driven organizations to the point that people not only are losing their identity, but they don't believe that when they come to work, they have the ability to influence, that they have the ability to actually help their organizations identify ways to get out in front of the change. And so what is the consequence? Well, the consequence is we have organizations going through lots of change and transformation. And the reality, Greg, is that these are just buzzwords that mean in search of becoming relevant again. And what seemed to be so fundamental, listening to the individual, whether it be an employee or a consumer, is what is now fundamentally driving all this change and transformation to the point where organizations um, are out of touch with the realities of what individuals are, are looking for. And now that they're be, being forced to be in touch, um, they're having to transform their models, the way they lead, and how they go to market that has created so much disruption. So could you believe it's 2018 and disruption is being driven by moving the individual to the center of a business strategy? I mm -hmm. believe we're beginning to understand why we're not innovating and growing enough. Well, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, look, the disengagement rate is 73%, so that means only 27% are engaged, which means, you know, that's people moving around. There's a lot of, and you talk about um, the diversification here, and we're going to get to that. But you state that the innovation mentality helps us to put a stop to the dysfunctional behavior. What are some of the ways that you help leaders break free from what you're referring to here as these old behaviors and these old mindsets um, to embrace innovation mentality? Sure. So the first, well, there's many things that it solves for what this mindset solves for. But I think it's important that we share with people, if we can just take a moment, uh, Greg, what is the, the innovation mentality? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really made, made up of what I call six strategies. The right. first one is the We're going to get to those. To, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's I, my I, next I wanna, question, but that's fine. No, I, Go ahead. No, 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 no. The reason I'm bringing them up, and I'll, I'll follow your lead, Greg, Greg is it to answer that question properly it's important that we give people the right context around why the innovation mentality creates certain outcomes. So well, why, I'll follow your lead. I, I'm sorry. Why, no, that's okay. So why don't I ask you this question? You've created an innovation mentality framework, and it's at your website. Yeah. It's in your book, which does consist of these six characteristics. And I think for our listening audience, yes, you're giving it a framework. You're giving it a context for them. Um, what are these characteristics? And more importantly, what are the benefits to a leader adopting your 
uh, innovation mentality framework and the six characteristics? Sure. So I'll do, I'll do two things here. I'll tell you what each of them is in very short form. And okay. then I'll tell you how, how it helps a leader evolve. Because that's ultimately what the six strategies is trying to do. It's, it's breaking us free from what I call substitutional thinking. Thinking that we're making radical changes in propelling us forward, but what we're really doing is seeing things through a very myopic lens that is not generating any evolution at all. And moving them to a mindset where they're constantly evolving and growing by becoming much more inclusive in how they lead every day in the workplace that translates into vast growth in the marketplace. So the, the first uh, strategy, and by the way, we refer to these six things uh, sometimes as characteristics and other times as strategies, Greg, because characteristics, uh, because sometimes these are natural tendencies for people, but strategies, because even if they're not natural tendencies, we can be deliberate about using them to solve for certain types of problems. I just wanted to make that distinction. Okay. Uh, so the first one is the ability to see opportunity in everything. Right. Uh, today's leaders need to be able to see opportunities everywhere, every day, and make the most of those that cross their path. And it's really being in search with, uh, within conversations and adverse circumstances for possibilities. Uh, in simple terms, this ability to have the inspiration to see opportunity and everything, Greg, allows us to be much more open-minded. It helps us become much more comfortable with ambiguity. It helps us broaden one's perspectives and live our lives with that glass half full attitude. And I'll tell you, Greg, I've learned too oftentimes that leaders are very close-minded, very uncomfortable with ambiguity, and do more to contribute to widening gaps than they do to closing gaps. And the key now is with all the, the speed and transformation in the marketplace, we need to get out in front of the change. And the only way we're going to get out in front of it is to be able to see the opportunities ahead of us. So that's number one. The second is the ability to anticipate the unexpected. And that's how you identify new opportunities and identify competitive threats that can come from companies in and beyond your marketplace. And it helps you understand how all this connects to people who work for you as well uh, as your customers. So when you anticipate the unexpected, you become very comfortable with risk-taking. More importantly, it allows you to have greater situational awareness and a greater sense of preparedness and clarity. And let me say this very slowly. Clarity of what you can expect from others, whether it's your employees and or your leaders. And this is very important at a time where we need to be able to shift and move and course correct and be faster on our feet than ever before. Um, and so it's important that we become very comfortable in understanding the importance of situational analysis and, our, and having greater sense of preparedness. The third one is the ability to unleash your passionate pursuits. In very simple terms, passion isn't just an emotion. It's, a, it's your ability to constantly be in exploration mode because in today's marketplace, you have to be able to see and seize opportunities 
previously unseen. So that means you have to be resilient. You have to over-deliver value. You have to take ownership. And you, have, you, can't, you have to have a mindset where you can no longer tolerate complacency. Now, in the work that we've done, Greg, we've identified that 40% of leaders in organizations just shouldn't be leading anymore mm-hmm. because the marketplace has passed them by. And they're just not ready to get out of their comfort zones to become part of the future and part of the, and part of the change. The fourth uh, strategy – go ahead. I'm sorry, Greg. No, I mean, just could say that, you know, the lead or kind of get out of the way, but the reality is is that um, I don't think the people, as you're saying, have been given those um, skill sets. Uh, they've not been given the fundamental uh, mental models that need to shift with inside of them. Um, and that's what your company does. It helps people with that. So let's go on to the fourth one. Well, you know, if I, can I react to that statement? Because you're so on the money, Greg. That, and that's a, and let's go back 20 years. Can we go back 20 years, Greg? Sure. 20 years, 20, 20 years ago, we worked in workplace cultures where – as an individual, you are accountable to produce, just to keep it simple, um, five or six outcomes. And to do that, you had to do eight to ten different things. And so if you multiplied that across a department, then you multiplied it across uh, the enterprise, uh, the predictability models uh, were quite clear, and everybody knew their role. And what came out of this were environments that were extraordinarily siloed. And if you fast forward, and back, by the way, back then, global markets wasn't top of mind. There was a different type of competitive feel in the marketplace. Technology isn't where it is today. And now you move into 2018, what's happening? These 40% of leaders that I'm talking about, those are the ones that were leading in silos. And now they're still trying to lead the way they did 20 years ago today in 2018. That's Mm -hmm. impossible at a time when things are moving so fast and that you have to not only play in your lane, but you have to know everybody else's lane. I mean, today we need to be more inclusive than ever before because nobody has all the answers. It kind of goes back to, you know, we have to focus on developing our strategic plan. I actually don't believe that there's such a thing as an annual strategic plan anymore because by the time you get to the end of Q1, everything's changed that you're going to have to redo the plan. And to your point, I'm just, I'm actually trying to support the point that you made, is that today leaders just don't have that nimbleness and that, and that understanding of how to find agility and open-mindedness to a point where they can move on a dime that quickly. I mean, I hate to say this, but if you have your MBA from 20 years or even 10 years ago, it's already outdated. And so oh, yeah. people... People need to find ways to invest and educate in themselves because if they're waiting for the business to do that for them, you know what that means, Greg? That they're putting their future in the hands of their companies. Well, but like you, be- but like you, Glenn, I think what we see, and, and this is why you're doing what you're doing and you're doing such a good job of it by coming into companies, is that it doesn't matter if that 40% is there that 40% can't lead from fear, which is where they're coming from because that's their mindset versus leading from, and I hate to be all squishy here, but really from love uh, because the only way that you're going to get people 
to elevate their own consciousness and awareness about what's going on is actually to have this inclusiveness um, mentality, this inclusiveness heart that says, hey, I want to hear from these individuals. I want to include them. I want to make them part of this. And that's what you're doing a great job at. And all of these six characteristics all lead to that kind of leadership. Um, so I think we ought to go to four five and six so my listeners can hear what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you, Greg. So the fourth one is living with an entrepreneurial spirit. And in short form is you don't need to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial. You just need to trust yourself to think big, make a difference and have an impact in everything you do and how you do it. And, you know, having an entrepreneurial spirit really first and foremost relies on you to invest in people and to grow with people. It's really about making humanity stronger. It's about being in search of eliminating mediocrity and having a deep desire to evolve as an individual. You don't need to wait for anybody to help you evolve. Today, you have to turn the spotlight of accountability on yourself. And that means when you live with an entrepreneurial spirit, Greg, you can break down silos because you're hungry for alignment. In other words, connecting the dots that don't yet exist. Mm-hmm. So number five is working with a generous purpose. See, this mindset uh, does not mean that you're looking out for yourself. In fact, it's the exact opposite. This innovation mentality is about trusting yourself enough to have a deep desire to share your intellectual capital in growth through relationships for the betterment of a healthier whole. It means that your focus is on having a commitment to collaboration and giving. And so when you work with a generous purpose, you by default become more influential than ever before because you're allowing yourself to multiply success by sharing. And I can tell you that every day I wake up in the morning, I identify five sharing goals every day. Mm -hmm. And people might say, why do you spend so much time sharing? Because if I can share my wisdom with other people, it will ignite a mindset from within them that will lead to opportunities for them. And that's when gratitude comes into play. And that's when we can start trusting each other again. And more importantly, begin to find and discover like-mindedness within our differences. And then finally, it's this notion of leading to leave a legacy that as leaders, we have a responsibility to to hold up the traditions of those that came before us. Or as I like to say, success comes most to those who are surrounded by people that want their success to continue. And that means we have to prioritize the importance of not just teamwork, because we hear that so much, but more so embracing one's unique ideas and ideals. And that really requires us to understand the importance between success and significance. And unfortunately, uh, we find that many of us are out to be successful. And the, the truth of that is, if all you're looking for is success, you'll, you'll never find sustainability in the work that you do. And with, when you lead to leave a legacy, you become much more significance-minded And so you become more others-minded so that the work that you do sustains itself throughout the test of time. 
that's well put and i think the desire to be significant and search you you even put a statement in your book that for my listeners you state that leader that the leaders desire to be significant are solely in search of recognition but leaders who desire to be significant are in search of respect so there is that huge difference that you make in the book about that now you also state that simply put people fall back into sewing because they can't lead not sewing like a sewing machine they can't lead authentically that sewing is the battle line between assimilation and authenticity in leadership and business uh, that when leaders are authentic the paradigm shift from business to the individual why is that uh, evolved solution come from the individual and not the business so in other words for clarity, for some of those 40% people that might be listening out there, right, Glenn? Um, they need to understand to make this shift. So this question is really about, it's for them. It's for everybody, but it's for them. Let, let me put it to you this way, Greg. And let's, and let's all just take a step back. Maybe we take a deep breath right now. <sighs> I believe that the most significant and disruptive shift in the 21st century is this, that it's becoming less about the business defining the individual and more about the individual defining the business. Please okay. let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. So if I were to ask the question, and what happens when the business defines the individual? This is what this means. It means that individuals employees, consumers, but in this case, employees, are measured on how well they execute based on how the organization wants them to think, limiting their abilities to best serve the unique needs of the business. In other words, Greg, in this type of an environment, the individual is being told what to do inside the box they're given. That's what I was explaining when we said, let's go back 20 years ago. Siloed envir environments perpetuate businesses defining individuals. So what's the result of that? People play not to lose. Innovation right. and growth is limited and complacency ensues. But what happens when the opposite takes place, Greg, when the individual defines the business? See, individuals now have the freedom to be more inclusive. And by the way, the demand for inclusivity already exists. What people are in search of are of leaders that allow the individual to have that freedom to be more inclusive because this is where they get rewarded for sharing their wisdom for the betterment of the business. They actually begin to feel that they can embrace diversity of thought, appreciate differences, and again, see opportunities previously unseen. So now the individual, Greg, actually has the courage and they play to win. For them, possibilities for innovation through a growth mindset are unlimited. And that's where we're at today from a business perspective and from a societal perspective. People are tired of other people defining who they are. And that takes us back to your first question, Greg, the identity crisis. This is why we're living in an identity crisis because our identities have been stripped out from under us because we thought that we'd find not just personal success and professional success and happiness, but that we'd be able to evolve by listening to others tell us what to do. And in, yeah. and in return, what we've, what we've discovered 
is that not only have we lost our, our, our identity, we've lost a great sense of self. And when that happens, it becomes difficult to find significance, and it certainly becomes difficult to find happiness. Well, and it's difficult to innovate. And so you'll see you'll go behind, like you said, from the standpoint of the organization actually being able to do that. If they continue this way, um, we will, they will we'll start to fall behind. And one last question for you, because I think this will put it in context uh, for our listeners. You state that to make exploration easier to understand and to navigate through the six characteristics that we just talked about, that we should think about these substituted words. And I think those substituted words that are in your book, really, when you look at the compare and contrast of the words, it really wakens people up to what the shift has to be made. Can you tell the listeners um, what they are and why it makes it a little bit easier to embrace? Sure. Well, I got one in front of me uh, that okay. I can actually share <laughs> share with you. Okay. Um, it's and let me put it in proper context so that the listeners could understand how we did the research around these words. Um, so we asked leaders, "What's most important to you as a leader in order to effectively serve your employees and our colleagues?" And mm-hmm. one of the choices was connection or alignment. Right. And and so for leaders, sixty-three percent of leaders said connection, while seventy thirty-seven percent said alignment. When we asked those leaders' employees, 77% of of the employees said connection, excuse me, said alignment, while 33% said connection. What's the point? Is that we have been bombarded with this word connection, connectivity, connectedness. And what leaders, how leaders interpret that word is that I could engage and be accountable when I feel like it Mm -hmm. as opposed to alignment, which denotes two things, one reciprocity and accountability. So what employees want is more accountability in the system while the leaders are implying that they want less. Perhaps we're beginning to understand, Greg. Well, you know, you've got, uh, for all my listeners, once they get the book, all of these are outlined on page 180. So if you go to the book, that's all you get out of this book. Besides some of the charts and things that Glenn has created, you'll get there. Glenn, you've got some assessments at the website. I want to direct my listeners to go and take these assessments uh, because I actually think there's three of them there. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we've got three of them. In fact, uh, in about three weeks, <laughs> Greg, um, if if you go to glennyopis.com, uh, G-L-E-N-N-L-L-O-P-I-S.com, uh-huh. we are launching our new data analytics division, which will feature uh, three of our most popular uh, assessments that have now been uh, embraced by more than 50 Fortune 500 companies Uh, when evaluating the mindset of their leaders and employees. Well, for my listening audience, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to read the blog. Uh, We will put up links to Glenn's website here where the book is profiled, theinnovationmentality.com. 
as well as we will, Glenn, we will put a link to glennyopes.com, the website for the assessments. Um, Glenn, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, taking a little bit of time out of your day to speak about your new book, which there will be a link as well to Amazon for the book called The Innovation Mentality, Six Strategies to Disrupt the Status Quo and Reinvent the Way We Work. Um, today we've been on with Glenn Yopis. And uh, Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time with us and imparting your wisdom. Uh, I found it very, very, um, I don't want to say insightful, and I hope that my listeners did as well. Uh, please go to his website, check him out on YouTube, check out the uh, videos that he's got on his website, and definitely go get the book at uh, on Amazon. Uh, is it both in hardback and in paperback as well, Glenn? It's hardback and, uh, and digital. And digital. Okay. Well, Glenn, thanks for being on with us today. Thank you, Greg. And again, congratulations on the great work that you do, and um, thank you again for all your support. <laughs>